welcome to the Dr. Bubbs Performance Podcast, giving you the latest evidence-based research and cutting-edge insights for elite mental and physical performance. He's connecting you directly with the world's leading experts and coaches. Here's your host, Dr. Bubbs. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Dr. Bubbs Performance Podcast. I am very pleased to welcome on the show Mr. Jason Burke, entrepreneur, fashion leader, and Canada's most influential sneakerhead. On the show today, we're going to talk all about the mindset that entrepreneurs and athletes both share. Jason will share tips on goal setting and how you can reverse engineer your success. He'll also share some of the challenges that he's overcome, some real world challenges on the life side and the business side. Jason also dives into the importance of community and how it can shape your mindset and of course your drive how naps found him and not the other way around some of his favorite exercise tips during travel and a whole bunch more so really fantastic interview here with jason i met him last year uh, in the build-up to the nba all-star weekend in toronto at the nike campaign it was great to get to know him and coach carter and the gang so i hope you enjoy this episode i will list my layups the easy actionable tips at drbubs.com forward slash podcast, as well as the performance hacks. And of course, if you missed last week's episode with former LA Lakers strength and conditioning coach, Mr. TD Athletes Edge, Tim DeFrancesco, make sure you check that out because I think you'll enjoy that as well. And uh, enjoy the show. I'm joined today by Jason Burke, Canada's most influential sneakerhead in the sneaker revolution, a culture that has shaped his world feeding his competitive nature through team sport, lifting him through the trials of being singled out, building a platform for his creative vision in trend and style, and leading him on a global career that has connected him to an incredible network of like-minded revolutionaries. Jason provides his unique lens on culture, forecasting trends, and carefully curated collection via his website and company, Sneakerbox. Jason, appreciate you taking the time out today. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for the opportunity to have a conversation. No problem, no problem. Listen, can you tell everyone how you kind of got started in the... uh, in the sneaker game, I know there's uh, some influential moments there when you were younger. Can you share that with uh, folks? Yeah, for me, the opportunity came, um, I guess, uh, my 16th birthday. Uh, my dad cut me a blank check because he was on his way off to work and uh, I needed to get some sneakers for basketball season. Um, so I took that blank check and went and spent a lot of money on sneakers. Nice. <laughs> and what were those What were those first pairs that, uh, that started to shape this uh, your future? Um, I got a pair of Jordan 5s and a pair of uh, Scotty Pippen uh, flights in uh, red. And, uh, I mean, this is a long time ago. And so two pairs of sneakers cost me $500, which was a lot of money at the time. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And what was it about that that kind of drove you? You know, Did you know right away that this was going to be a, a life of entrepreneurship and, and whatnot? Or at what point did that start to, uh, to, to drip feed in? Um, I think what it was for me was uh, that my, my my parents were cool enough with kind of writing a blank check for me to go out and do what I wanted with. Um, it wasn't really so much that I ended up buying sneakers. Sneakers just happened to be what it was for me. Um, but it was really that my parents kind of, um, as motivators, kind of gave me the opportunity to continue to pursue what was most important to me, which at the time happened to be sneakers. And- and for yourself, with starting the company, like when did uh, how long has it been now? And um, you know, what was that like in those initial stages when you first decided to uh, to venture out and become an entrepreneur? Um, so I've I've kind of been an entrepreneur for a long time. Um, I put myself through school, uh, screen printing, screen printing T-shirts, and doing uh, team uniforms um, through throughout university, and that's kind of how I paid for school. 
Um, and then I started working uh, retail in the sneaker business when I was in university and um, kind of just, you know, pursued my passion for sneakers and just kept trying to work for companies that were somehow tied into uh, sneaker culture or the sneaker business, including companies like Foot Locker and Nike um, that ended up taking me to New York to work for a company called Mark Echo Enterprises. Awesome. So for you, it was really just that passion right off the bat and that was the driving force and uh, just kind of guiding you down this career, right? Yeah, it was just kind of, you know, if I'm, I just really wanted to enjoy uh, working with companies that um, were somehow connected to sneaker culture and or sneaker fashion um, and sports. Um, I'm, I'm a, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life and just the idea of being motivated to do something that I enjoy doing was, uh, was really kind of paramount for me. Tell us a little bit about the experience of working in New York and of course, you know, sports and fashion have always been sort of tied, but it seems like today, I mean, bigger than, than ever before. Can you tell us a bit about that period of your life where you're in New York and about the connection with, with sports and fashion? Yeah. So the thing for me was, um, you know, having played sports growing up, a lot of football, right? Um, I, I ended up having a cup of coffee with, uh, three different CFL teams coming out of university. And, um, the, the thing for me was, um, having, you know, spent 18 years of my life playing football and getting to the highest level, the intensity of the game and the speed of the game, as you know, Mark, at that level, you know, there's, there's nothing in like in life that ever compares to it. Um, so after I was kind of, after my sporting career had come to a bit of an end, um, you know, the next opportunity for me was fashion. And when it came to fashion, I wanted the opportunity to move at the fashion, the fastest pace in the most intense environment, which for me was New York when it came to the hip hop and uh, skate skate business. And what are some of the, um, that's fascinating stuff. What are some of the, the characteristics and traits then from the athletic side that, that you carried over into that entrepreneurial side that, that have uh, held you in good stead? Um, so I, I would say that some of the, the traits that I carried over were um, probably, you know, what happens to be my strongest skill, which is kind of like trend forecasting, um, as well as kind of like uniforms. So, you know, from a trend forecasting standpoint, you know, kind of the ability to, you know, look at uh, numbers or look at film and kind of, you know, make some assumptions and kind of set benchmarks for yourself from a performance standpoint was always our transferable skills that have always kind of been important to me. Um, and that's kind of how I, I really kind of developed a, a, an understanding for business and balance sheets and cash flows, just is kind of just a passion for performance and the numbers. Yep. Um, and then I think that, you know, when it comes to fashion and, you know, um, how consumers dress and understanding what the, the uniform of a, of a young consumer or a suburban consumer is. Um, I just think that my, my, my passion for, for building uniforms and making team uniforms, uh, over the years, uh, kind of just translated into me becoming a merchandiser, uh, in the fashion business. That's awesome. Now, you know, along the way, obviously, we will, like most uh, people starting a business or an entrepreneurship, I mean, I imagine there were some some hurdles, uh, either personally or professionally. Can you can you share a few of those with us? Yeah, hurdles are an understatement. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, as as an entrepreneur, um, the biggest challenge, uh, without question, has been cash flow. Um, the finding ways to manage cash flow so that you can build a sustainable business for me has has always been the biggest challenge. Um, you know, we Sneakerbox um, growing up uh, was very much like uh, the young basketball kid who goes from like five ten to six ten. You know, in the si- in the scope of a um, year over a summer, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Right. 
And and really what happened was uh, we grew really, really bigly, really, really big, really quickly. Um, and it was really um, a challenge to kind of sustain the business with that level of growth. So we had to kind of take a step back, uh, reset um, the business. And so we found ourselves kind of shifting from um, being like a distribution company into more of a uh, online publishing company. And we found that we've uh, it's allowed for us to have a much more organic growth at this pace, which has been uh, much more sustainable for us um, as a business. Terrific. And, you know, that's a really obviously interesting um, insights there. And even in your bio, you mentioned, you know, going, getting through the trials of being singled out, the sneaker culture obviously helping you there. Can you, can you dive into that a little bit uh, more deeply for listeners and uh, give us some background? Yeah, sure. Um, so the thing is, I, you know, I had this situation with, uh, with the police here in Toronto um, unfortunately I was, uh, racially profiled, uh, at a young age, you know, um, just randomly, you know, uh, here in the city of Toronto. And I think that the, the way that I would kind of, um, <clears throat> describe that experience is, you know, as an athlete, we always kind of talk about like, you know, when you fall down and, you know, Hey, maybe you played your best game of your entire life, but it just doesn't work out for you that day. Um, it's just the ability to get back up and continue to persevere. Right. So, um, I had this, I had this, um, I had this challenging experience, uh, with the Metro police. And for me, it was really an opportunity to, um, say, Hey, you know, there's some problems with the system here. Uh, what can we do about it? Um, and you know, almost 16, 17 years later, um, you know, the, the carding has officially come to an end in Toronto, the Toronto star. I have to send a shout out to guys like, uh, Jim ranking, who for 20 years have done some incredible investigative uh, series um, and have really been able to change uh, community relations between you know the community and the police in Toronto. Um, and even, you know again, you tie it into sports. Uh, companies like MLSE have done a fantastic job of you know, um, creating community-type inspired events where they build bridges at a very young age for kids as opposed to uh, you know, putting up barriers. So I think those companies have done a phenomenal challenge. A phenomenal job. Um, I think the other experience that I've had is um, is losing my hearing. Um, so you know, as imagine as, a, as an athlete, like you rely heavily on all of your senses. But for me, in the last five years, losing my my hearing has been a, a major hurdle for me. Um, I've had to treat it like like an injury, Mark, where I've kind of had to say, okay, you know, um, I've lost this functionality. Uh, what's wrong? I've had to shut it down, like down to like break it down to like the base level. And then realize what it's going to take for me to be able to go forward with life um, with less hearing that I've had ever before. And how does that start with that sort of mindset? I mean, it's amazing, you know, even just uh, the areas that you mentioned there of overcoming these you know, significant challenges and, and, and reframing things in terms of a mindset. Is there a, is there a point zero that you sort of start from with that? Or is it just a, a decision to, to basically go on that, down that road and say, this is how we're going to, this is how we're going to overcome this? <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how to describe a winning mindset. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's, it's something that I think as an athlete, like over the years, um, that I've just happened to have experienced with a select group of individuals and have been really fortunate to know what it's like to play and participate on high performance teams. And doesn't matter how much time is on the clock, how many points you're down by, uh, there's, there's an objective, there's a goal. And if we all just kind of do our part, um, and exert, you know, find, find whatever energy that we need to, we just find a way to kind of get there. And, um, 
I just feel like there's nothing more exhilarating than when you're able to pull that pull off that feat. And so, in my own personal experience, anytime I found myself down or back a couple of points, um, for me, it's just kind of like a lock and load mentality and focus on whatever the goals are and kind of push myself through. Um, you know, and that's how I've kind of been able to always kind of manage my way through any adversities or any challenges that I've ever had. Um, and also surrounding myself with, you know, great friends and family has always made a difference. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that's a, a great tip in terms of just keeping your eyes focused in on, on the goal, on the objective, and then everything else kind of fades to black. And as you mentioned, having a, a solid group of uh, a support system is, is, is big as well. Now, you know, with your yeah. experiences, could you uh, uh, give us a few, you know, for listeners, any tips for them if they're, you know, in terms of obstacles, challenges, um, any things on a day-to-day that people can do to, to, to start to get themselves back on, on track? Um, I think there's a couple of things. I think the, the, the first thing is, is um, staying healthy. Like healthy mind, body, and soul are like really important, right? So like meditation is important to me like on an ongoing basis. Um, stretching and participating in lots of different activities so that my body is like always at you know peak level regardless of how old I am to kind of uh, uh, manage the, the energy that's required to push through things. Um, I, I feel really fortunate, and this is kind of like the tie back to the sneaker world. I feel really fortunate to have grown up in like an, an era when there was an athlete like Michael Jordan, you know, who like no matter what, he always found a way to win. Like, you know, whether it was a regular season For or the sure. playoffs, he like Jordan just always found a way to pull it out. Like, you, you know, you could go to bed and Jordan would be down by 20 and wake up in the morning and see that Jordan like found a way to win the game. And so I, I, I just found that was kind of like always like exciting. So I, I feel like. You know, finding other winners and like, you know, kind of like studying them and learning from them. I think Tom Brady is another example of like a guy who just, whatever it is, he just seems unfazed by whatever whatever the variables are and just always finds a way to win. And I think that, um, you know, finding a way to kind of learn from those types of people has always been like a good thing for me. Um, and then I think that's something that, you know, is probably um, comes into question like a lot in today's world is, uh, is faith. Um, so I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like as an athlete or, you know, just somebody who is kind of looking to try to do something different or find your way out of difficult circumstances, you just always have to have, um, a continued faith that the impossible is possible. Awesome. That's, uh, that's fantastic, and it's so true. I mean, this idea of like will to win that athletes have. I just had uh, Sam Walker on, who's the editor in the Wall Street Journal Sports, and uh, right. his, his new book called The Captain Class. He goes through these, you know, the seven traits of elite captains, and this idea of of doggedness was one of them of just being able to just right. pursue, pursue, pursue. So it's interesting that you you know you bring that up as well. Um, and then the mindset was the other piece, which you mentioned there, just just believing that the impossible is possible, and then going to work every day and, and putting the time in. So that's. Uh, Really great insights. Now, if we if we dovetail a little bit onto you, you mentioned health, healthy, healthy body, healthy mind, um, yeah. for creativity. Can you give us a little snapshot into your kind of daily routine? How do you start your day? Uh, coffee guy, what's for breakfast? Give us the, <laughs> give us a little insight. Uh, no coffee in my routine. I try to avoid uh, caffeine. Um, lots of water and tea for me. Um, juices when I can. Um, I try to stay you know really hydrated. Um, I try to eat light and try to balance like myself across like all categories. I don't do a lot of carbs. I do a lot of protein. I've done that for like, you know, for years. Um, I like to, 
I've, the one thing that I've really discovered as of late is sleep. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, sleep, sleep is something, you know, certainly through my young years, it definitely escaped me. But um, I'm finding sleep these days uh, and being able to get up, you know, 4.30, 5.30 in the morning and just kind of really get uh, into a really good routine. And Guru has been really good. Um, and when you and get then, up in the morning, if I just jump in there, at 4.35 o'clock, that's, that's when you start your day. How, how, what, um, you know, are you exercising, journaling, starting your work day? What, how does that play out? It's a stretch and some exercise for me. So, like, if I'm up at 5.30, like, you know, there's, there's, you know, the first thing is, like, consuming, like, some water and getting lots of water into the system. And then there's some stretching that's in there, you know, just kind of, like, you know, loosening up the limbs and just trying to get the blood flowing. Um, and then, you know, and then I try to squeeze in some exercise at the start of the day. Um, and then I tend to break my days up into three hour segments. I feel like that's one thing that as a, as an entrepreneur has been really key. So, you know, um, in a, in a 24 hour day, if I can break my day up into three hour segments, whether I'm sleeping or not, you know, then I can say, okay, uh, within the course of a day, I can accomplish eight things. And I'll take those eight things that I try to accomplish in a day and I'll try to balance it up whether I'm actually working, whether I'm writing, whether I'm exercising, whether I'm eating, whether I'm socializing, whatever it is. And that's kind of – and then I look at my week and my month and I'll break you know, each one of those periods up into these three-hour segments and I measure my productivity based on what I'm able to accomplish within those three-hour segments. Terrific. Um, it's great to be able to you know have that mindset of just really breaking it all down into smaller digestible chunks and having a way to to assess that productivity is uh, is phenomenal. Now for you know for yourself in terms of you know is there a total amount of sleep now? You mentioned sleeping so important. Is there kind of a, a, a number of hours that, that you know you're gonna you're gonna perform your best at? Um, for me, optimal sleep is somewhere between six and eight hours. Awesome. So if, if I'm in bed by 10.30 at night, I can usually – I can be ready to go between 4.30 and 5.30 the next morning. Terrific. Yeah, we recently had on uh, Dr. Amy Bender, who's one of the sleep experts out at the uh, CSI Olympic uh, Institutes out in Calgary. So she had a great uh, piece all about sleep and the importance of naps. Are you a nap guy? Do you throw some of those in there to recharge and reboost or uh – um, I, I, I never used to be, but once I started getting up at 4.30, the naps started finding me. There you go. That's the way it normally happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they I, definitely find me and they're like, it's time for a nap. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, she was telling me all about the, the benefits in terms of, you know, theta brainwave activity and memory and cognitive function. So it sounds like it's a pretty good way to maintain all that productivity that you're after. Um, yeah. Now, for yourself, you know, reading into your blogs and whatnot, you know, fatherhood is obviously for myself as well, changes the game quite a bit. Uh, you know, how has it changed your outlook as an entrepreneur and how has it changed your life? Uh, fatherhood's the best, man. Um, I mean, my three-hour segments are way too long when it comes to fatherhood. When it comes to fatherhood, I'm like <laughs> – I'm like three minute to one hour segments at best. For sure. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I got a boy and a girl. Um, they're 18 months apart. Um, and what's awesome about that for me is it allows me to kind of get re, um, like I get a chance to participate in activities and sports that I, I hadn't for a long time. So like, you know, I'm learning how to play hockey again. My son started playing hockey this year for the first year. Um, I'm playing baseball again for the first time in like decades. My son's playing t-ball. So I, you know, I got registered for men's league and, uh, you know, I, me and the son got new BMX bikes last weekend. We're both still skateboarding. We're going to wakeboarding camp this summer. 
you know, I, 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 the reason I wanted to get a hold of Greg, um, is because, uh, I, you know, Greg to me is one of the best pure shooters I've ever met. So, you know, we were looking at privates for, uh, for shooting. And for the listeners, that's Greg Francis at the Canada basketball. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal right. careers, basketball player and now coach. Right. So what people, a lot of people don't know about Greg and my relationship with Greg is Greg and I grew up in the same household. Oh, wow. So, um, our, uh, our mothers were nurses together. Um, and so we grew up in the same household and, um, just around the corner from us was another guy who's a local celeb, um, Kevin Weeks. Um, Kevin Weeks, uh, grew up like around the corner and he was, uh, you know, he's first guy in the NHL to play goaltender, which is pretty incredible. So, you know, it's, I, I'm fortunately just, you know, in the Toronto community, there are a lot of guys that kind of grew up kind of in the same experience as I did. And, uh, you know, those, I, it was great because, going to different high schools, I was able to watch guys in the neighborhood go on to have incredible levels of success. And, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the water in the neighborhood or what it was, but we just all happened to have the same level of drive, which I think is incredible. Yeah, it's amazing how I've heard some of the researchers even around mirroring this idea of even cognitive function when we see other people having this sort of success. It's amazing how it almost rewires the brain and, and our uh, expectations and, and, and abilities and whatnot. So that's that's really cool insight. Right. Um, now, in terms of, uh, you know, this idea of work-life balance, we're talking about, you know, kids and obviously when, when, when we're at home, it's, it's, the, it's the present state trying to be in the now, but as an entrepreneur, you're always in the future state of forecasting and, and predicting and, and planning. How do you, you know, do you have any strategies for how do you balance that? Is it just sort of, uh, you know, put your head down and go for it or what, what strategies have you got? Um, so for me, um, planning is, is, is paramount, right? Um, managing short, mid and long-term goals, um, to me are always critical. So it's, it, to me, it always kind of starts with the long-term goal and the long-term goal for me is always 10 years out. Um, where do I want to be in 10 years? Um, and then I break things down into like one, three and five year segments from there. So it's kind of like, uh, if I can, what's the next one year look like? And then I can double that. That'll get me to three years and then I can double that and that'll get me to five years and then I can double that and that gets me to 10 years. And then along the way, there's a readjustment like, you know, every year based on how I'm tracking towards those long-term goals. Terrific. Now I know that you're a busy guy and obviously travel is a huge part. Um, yep. can you tell us a bit about travel, your passion for travel and how that fits into the brand? Um, so the thing about travel, like what's incredible about travel is that travel I find is like really inspiring. Um, I've got a couple of friends who are in, who are in Japan right now. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like, uh, Marcus Troy and Nastemi out of Montreal. They're probably two of Canada's most, uh, two, you know, best male influencers. Yep. Um, and you know, we've known each other in the sneaker business for a long time. And, um, what I find about travel is places like Tokyo, Italy, Germany, New York, London, LA, those are really great places to kind of uh, look into the future and to take inspiration from different environments and how people are handling, you know, uh, different influences, whether it be music, sports, fashion, you know, or just diets like within their, their specific regions. I find that um, travel kind of opens you up to just seeing things from a different lens than you might necessarily get in Toronto. Um, that said, I think Toronto is an incredible city, and I think Toronto is really setting the you know is really setting the stage today as a as a global city. And I think that um, 
you know, Drake in the OVO camp and Oliver Al-Khatib, you know, those guys are doing a phenomenal job of like helping make, you know, um, Toronto a global city. Yeah, it's amazing what you mentioned around travel there, because, you know, for myself, even after university, I'd you know, spent a year in Central America and lived in Europe for a year and then in, in Indian Asia. And it was just uh, like you mentioned, you just sort of frame of reference changes your exposure to things. You're so much more open to to people and experiences and, and whatnot. It's uh, it's amazing how it can really start to shape uh, your mindset um, and life, really. And so it's cool to see how you can still dovetail all that into your, your busy routine and, and it's an important part of your uh, of your regime. Um, speaking of that, when you're on the road in terms of this travel, like do you have any exercise strategies? Do you try to fit in like smaller bouts of things? Are you into the hit training or do you just keep the mobility, um, up with some small, small bouts of, uh, flexibility, mobility, or any strategies that you have there on the road? Um, you know what, Mark, the best tips I've picked up for, uh, for training on the road or on the fly, or actually when we did the, uh, the, 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 the basketball campaign um, during NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, all of my sport bags right now have a tennis ball in them. Um, they have an elastic band, and they've got a roller. Um, and I find when I'm traveling these days, I don't necessarily need to get a workout per se in, but um, I definitely do some resistance training. So I'll do, you know, I'll do planks, and I'll do push-ups, and I'll do sit-ups, and I'll just do stretching, and I'll do that for a good you know, 30 to 45 minutes, and that's enough to, to keep me going in transit. Awesome. That's good to hear. Well, for everyone else listening, that was yeah last year with the um, NBA All Star Games in Toronto, and you know there's a Nike big Nike campaign there in the lead up to it, and so yeah, it was great to meet uh, you there, Jason, and and all the guys, and as well as Coach Carter there from Galaxy Training, and it's nice to see yeah. you guys are you guys are still doing some of the things that we were we were walking you through there. So it was, it's good to hear. Yeah, that stuff is phenomenal, and uh, you know um, that's something. You know, just back to my kids for a minute. Um, my daughter is 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 a big dancer. Um, you know, and the one thing that I work on with the kids, you know, most, you know, even versus just participating is we focus heavily on skills and stretching. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how kids are just naturally move so well. I mean, I'm always amazed. I go to pick up my little one at the daycare and all the three-year-olds have a perfect squat and there's no trainers or strength coaches (laughs) or anybody there. You know, it's just, it's natural movement. And of course, over the years, we just get stiff and tight and the rest of it. So, um, you know, that, that and watching kids go on the monkey bars is another just phenomenal, you know going across right. and they drop about their body height right. uh, from from the from the monkey bars to the floor and the deep squat no problem just run off and you know that's and uh, no fear right there you go yeah absolutely no fear is uh, no fear no fear is another no fear is another big one i remember when my daughter was was really young she had started dancing at age two we'd go to the park and she'd be on the monkey bars and I remember her, you know, trying different moves on the monkey bars. And there were other parents around asking their children not to try the same thing. <laughs> it's funny how the parents tend to kind of govern things with their own rules. And I saw this really cool study out in New Zealand that showed that if they took all the parents away and, the, you know, bullying and things like that, they, the kids right. almost rectified everything on their own without the kind of adult rules, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes here. Uh, so, yeah, you're right with even the, on the playgrounds and stuff. It's almost like us as the parents can instill the fear rather than the kids would just kind of go and do their thing, right? We went skiing. We went. I went skiing with the kids for the first time this year, and I've been listen. I've been trying to become a great snowboarder for years, and my daughter. We were at the top of the hill, and she she just went for it, and I was so nervous that she actually made me a better skier because she just reminded me that I got to just let go of the fear. Yeah, that's phenomenal advice for sure. Um, and with that in mind, I mean, what's the what's the future? What does the next year sort of year uh, lie ahead in terms of you know your work with the sneaker box and everything else? 
Um, so the future for Sneakerbox. So um, I've had to really. So I need to focus on um, publishing and just uh, sharing stories more often, and um, you know, bringing back some stories of like you know some some people that you know maybe the world just isn't as in tune with today because they're not necessarily they weren't necessarily they they came from an analog time. So I, I have to. I've got a lot of stories that I want to share, and that's what I'm going to spend the next uh, little while kind of really focused on um, and just bringing up some of those exclusive gems that I just feel like don't really exist in today's world anymore, and um, I'd like to be able to add a little bit of value like that. And then the other thing for me is um, I'm kind of <clears throat> heading into year two of working with a new hearing aid from um, a company called Widex. Um, and the hearing aids that I, I've been working with um, for the last 12 months they're actually a digital hearing aids, so they, they pair with all of my digital devices via Bluetooth. So I'm actually connected to my computer right now via Bluetooth, uh, via, like, via my headphones. Um, oh. And so what that's done is for me from like a working standpoint is it's allowed me to kind of um, establish like a new basis for communication. And uh, Widex has been like an incredible company in terms of partnering with me to help me kind of um, reshape. Um, my experience when it comes to work and my experience when it comes to sports um, because when I play sports these days I, I generally don't wear my hearing aids so I'm actually playing without um, sound which wow. has been a completely new experience so uh, so so year two for me kind of is about pushing myself a little bit further now so I've kind of had my best year in five years and so now going into year two it's about pushing myself a little bit further a little bit harder to kind of push the limits in terms of where I can go um, and so I'm really looking forward to that, um, you know, kind of just getting better and chipping away. That's phenomenal, man. I mean, it's, uh, it's inspiring stuff, and I want to respect your time here. So the, the last question I'll get to here is one that I ask all our entrepreneurs, and so I'll, I'll ask you as well here. You know, why do you do what you do? Uh, huh. We get deep well, here on the last question. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I think there's a couple of things to it. Um, my parents have always motivated me to um, be my own boss, be a leader, um, and be a trailblazer. Um, and I think that, you know, at this point, 10 years in, um, I've had some, you know, I've had what I consider to be such great success that um, there's kind of no looking back. I kind of, you know, as painful as it might be at certain days, I have to just kind of keep pushing forward. Um, the other thing is, over the course of my career, I've had such tremendous success with certain, with specific projects, whether it be um, Canada Goose, um, you know, working with G-Unit Clothing and, and Mark Echo Enterprises, or a company called Athletes World, which was owned by Bata back in the days, um, or even just, you know, becoming one of Toronto's, you know, most stylish people. Like I've just had such incredible success, um, throughout my own career that, um, you know, I believe in my ability to get to where I want to be. Um, I just have to, you know, also have the discipline to go through, you know, all the steps in between. And that's, that's, um, that for me is where the fun kind of comes in. It's like, you know, I just have to put, I just have to be prepared to put in the work and you know the bur the burpees and the planks and the sweat. <laughs> I like it. All that stuff, and you know, I I know that there's a there's a trophy at the end somewhere. Yeah, well, this is I mean phenomenal stuff, man. And for all the you know docs, nutritionists, and trainers, and exercise enthusiasts, and just people listening in who are trying to upgrade their uh, their health and then their you know in terms of their entrepreneurial uh, journey. I mean, there's so many great. Uh, 
tips and insights that you've given us here today, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, where can people connect with your work and where can people get more info and stay up to date with what you're doing? Um, people can find me at sneakerbox.com. Um, they can email me at B-U-R-K-E at sneakerbox.com. Um, and you can find me on most of the social media channels. I'm pretty active on Instagram, um, which is also Sneakerbox. And uh, that's it, man. I'm just uh, I'm just here chipping away. And I love to grab coffee with anybody who likes to chat. And I like to play sports with anybody who wants to get out and ride, shoot, skate, ski, whatever it is. That's awesome, man. Well, coffee, coffee and athletics are right up our alley here, too. So that's uh, oh. very good to hear, man. And again, appreciate you taking the time. We're going to post all those links in the show notes. Uh, thanks uh, for you, Jay, for taking the time. Thanks again for everyone else tuning in. As always, you can find all the links in a podcast summary in the show notes at drbubs.com forward slash podcast. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter at drbubs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. The Dr. Bub's Performance Podcast endeavors to provide accurate and helpful information to listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Dr. Bub's Performance Podcasts.